Welcome to this state championship edition of Bruce Monin's Computer Points Podcast. I'm Bruce Monin, your host. We also have our co-host, executive producer, and chief researcher, Rebecca Monin, broadcasting from the greater Cincinnati area once again, home of our beloved 12-0 Cincinnati Bearcats. I'm always happy to be here. Always good to have you. You could not go to the game this week. It was in East Carolina, so. Correct. Uh, you probably wouldn't have gone if it had been in any other part of Carolina, right? No, I don't think so. Considering I probably won't be going to next week's game either, considering it's cold, <laughs> uh, I don't think I would have made it to any of the Carolinas. Yes, we are strong, diehard fans. Oops, it's cold out. I think I'll watch on television. Yeah, I'll watch. I just don't need to be there. I can sit on a couch instead. <laughs> well, I'm told it's sold out, so someone will take your place, Rebecca. Oh, good. Our Bearcats, of course, were dominant 35 to 13 winners over seven and four East Carolina last week. And they're getting ready to host 11 and one Houston in the American Conference Championship game Saturday. Did you know if the, if the Bearcats win that game, they will be the only team in college football to have defeated two 11 win teams this season? Ooh, that would be fun. Yeah. That'd that be some style points. That and, uh, a big pack of non-sequential $20 bills might buy you a spot in the playoffs, right? Twenties <laughs> uh, might not do it. But it'd have to be a big stack, really big. <laughs> you know, like college coaching salary money, you know, big stuff. So as we reach the state finals, we really need to have someone that knows something about the state finals on with us because Rebecca and I know very little. We know how to watch them. Yes. <laughs> So we thought we'd beg a state championship coach to be on with us. And we are pleased to welcome the recipient of our begging, <laughs> Nick Marino, coach of the 2019 Division VI state champions from Anna. Welcome, hey, coach. Thanks. thanks for having me on tonight. Excited to be here. We're always happy to have a coach here with us, someone to provide a little legitimacy to our podcast, right? <laughs> yeah, there you go. We need it some days. I can do. Now, sometimes I do a lot of research and sometimes I'm just lazy. So this time I'm going to take the lazy path. <laughs> Coach, can you tell us a little something about your playing and coaching career to this date? Yeah, um, I grew up in Urbana. So I went to Urbana High School. Uh, I guess last week I had another guy on from Urbana there, Garen Stokes. So grew up there and played football at Urbana High School. I went on and played at, at Wittenberg for two years. And then I transferred up to Urbana University and started coaching then actually coached with Garen so started out coaching together at Urbana we were there for several seasons together I got I got to be with Garen uh, at the beginning of his coaching career so it's kind of a interesting time being there we first year we were didn't know what we were doing we were three and seven but you know I think it was the the best way to learn probably was to, to be with a, somebody else young that was learning at the same time so from there, I uh, eventually took over after Garen left and went to Minster, and I, I took over to Bannon and coached two seasons there uh, as the head coach, and then uh, obviously going up to Anna and just completed year number seven. And man, does time does fly. It seems like I just went up there last year, just started the job. So uh, time's really been been moving on uh, pretty quickly, and it's a little bit, I guess, what I where I started out and where I've been. Boy, seven years. If you're following the sports news lately, it seems like if you've been at the same place for seven years, it's just about time for the other schools to become hunting after you with big money contracts. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I have to talk to my athletic director and see if I can get a raise. I mean, he's, he <laughs> doesn't do that, but I'll, I'll stop down to his office tomorrow. Unfortunately, I can't think of any big money programs looking for a coach right now at the high school level. You might, you might have to go to Oklahoma or something. Yeah. We, we have a coach on our staff that likes Oklahoma. It's, I told him it's kind of a high school team down there anyway. So, <laughs> so I got a question I have failed to ask other coaches, but I've always kind of wondered about. From the point of view of doing stats in the press box, it seemed like we were almost back to being the way things were before COVID. How did it seem yeah. to you from coaching? Is it still a little different than it used to be? I thought this year felt pretty normal overall. I mean, it didn't seem like, you know, there's there's no extra restrictions from the state. Uh, we're, in, we're in Western Ohio, so it's probably a little bit more relaxed than being in Cincinnati or Columbus or something like, or someplace like that. So I thought it felt pretty normal, and I, I'm, I'm hoping that continues, things continue to get better. Another reason we brought you in for your perspective here, you actually coached against three of the teams who are playing this weekend. Yeah. That's never a good sign for how your season goes when you play against three teams that make it to the state finals, <laughs> is it? Yeah, because we're not playing. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, we uh, obviously three very good teams. Uh, they're, they're all well coached, starting with Marion that, w- that won the league again this year. So they were pretty physical, pretty dominant team. And I'm, I'm hoping they carry that over into their, their state championship game. And Versailles was right there step for step with them. I thought uh, watching that game, it, it was an early season game. Uh, maybe could have went either way. So that was a really good football game. I remember watching those two play each other. And then uh, Coldwater, Coldwater obviously uh, had a really good year as well. And they're in our division. So we're, we're, we're happy to see them win it if, if we can't do it. So how's your early looking for next year? How many players are you losing and how many you got coming back? We graduated eight and we have about, I guess it'd be about 50 coming back or so. So good numbers coming back, uh, but uh, several of those guys are two-way starters. So, you know, you're, you're looking at replacing a lot of our skill positions and a couple of linemen and a running back. So a lot, of, a lot of the skill positions, which are big spots to fill. So we, we have some young kids. We're, we're really hoping we can develop here, here starting in a couple of weeks and get them moving. I can say that has to be almost, how should I say, almost normal in high school football. Unlike college, we're a freshman or a sophomore is almost as physically developed as the older players in high school. Yeah. You're not going to have many freshmen, sophomores getting significant minutes on the field there. Yeah. There's a big difference between a, you know, a 14, 15 year old and an 18 year old. Uh, you, you definitely see that you want to have a lot of seniors. And uh, I think the teams you're seeing play, uh, play this week, uh, weekend on Saturday, at least from our league, they, they had a lot of big senior classes. So looking, looking forward to seeing them and, Hopefully we'll be a little older next year too. Years ago, when you would go to the state championships in the program, it would list the age of all the players. Oh, really? As of the week of the of the game, I believe. Yeah, that's pretty neat. And we would count the number of 18-year-olds on each on the roster for each team and predict who would win by who had the most 18-year-olds on the roster. And that was fairly accurate. That that's interesting to hear. Yeah. I, I never I guess I would have seen that. But, no, I mean, when we've had older kids, it's definitely a big difference in the physicality. You just see the kids are a lot more physical, and, and it's definitely a big help. In our league, you already have a lot of big kids, but when you get, when you get a lot of big kids that are big and, and well-developed, they're, they're pretty good ball clubs. Which, um, going slightly off topic here, but makes it kind of amazing to me. I'm sure you follow the Big Ten football. Yeah. Uh, 
as much watching uh, Wisconsin play running this 17-year-old running back out who's just running over people just amazes me. I did not realize he was a 17-year-old. Yes. (laughs) During football season, I don't get to watch and really analyze the game, so these are the first couple weekends I've really watched football games closely. Unfortunately, I had to watch that Ohio State-Michigan game, and that wasn't a fun one to watch, but – I have my brother-in-law's a big Minnesota fan, so I want to see Wisconsin beat them just to rub it in his face a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I actually missed most of that Ohio State game. I watched the first quarter and part of the second, and then I took off, and I was gone until the the fourth quarter. I kind of figured things would have turned around by the time I got back. You didn't miss much. Apparently not, yeah. You'll be glad to hear, Rebecca, I did get my exercise in. That's when I took my walk that day, so. Oh, good. Didn't know when I was going to break out of all the games I wanted to watch Saturday to get that, get that done. So, I mean, at least it gave you a chance. Yep. I still don't know how I feel about that outcome. I'll know better in a couple hours, I think. (laughs) We have actually, I would say both of us have never watched a college game at Ohio State, right? I have. You have one. Okay. I have not, but we both watched uh, one at Michigan, right? Yes. Yeah. So, um, the UC game up there. Yep. We there had... was a UC game at Michigan. Yeah, I was in the band for that. Oh, okay. That was something. I, I was ac- yeah. I was actually in the Michigan season ticket section, <laughs> <laughs> which was probably a bit more something than mine was. When it, the score was still within a touchdown in the third quarter, people were getting rather grumpy with us. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, I watched a UC game at the OSU stadium when we were not as good as we are now, and then got dragged to an after party at a local OSU pizza place. So that was not terribly enjoyable, but the company was good. Ohio State fans are always known to be the, the nicest fans I've always heard. So. <laughs> It wasn't anything explicitly rude happening. It was just not fun to be surrounded by victorious Ohio State fans for two hours after the football game. Yeah. However, it was fun when we were there in 2014 for that Minster State Championship win over Kirtland. Yes. So that we, was a good time. We do have good memories of Ohio Stadium. I was there for that one too. That was that was an exciting game. I remember uh, Minster was. was down. Was it one or two scores? I thought it felt like it was two scores and they had to come back and win, right? I think it was. Yeah. They had a score late touchdown. We needed touchdown. the onside kick. Yeah. They had a score late touchdown, do the onside kick, and then score yeah. another touchdown. And I remember mm-hmm. they hit the Wolf Kid. And I, I was actually thinking back about that as Versailles was getting ready to play them. And one of the things that Kirtland, it seems like, has struggled with a little bit is a team that can really throw the football. But Versailles is more of a running team. So that's going to be a really, we're talking about a physical matchup. You're going to have two teams trying to pound each other uh, throughout the game. Kind of, it, it'll be a a fun one to watch if you like if you like physical football for sure. I agree, and we'll be getting to that game in more detail a little bit later here in the podcast. So, Rebecca, first, oh boy, before we pick any games here this week, let's see how we did last week, huh? Okay. Are you excited? I am. I'm feeling good about it. Okay. Remember the week before the best. The most accurate predictor of games was that trending feature on Mm calpreps.com. This last week, if you went by that, you would get two games right and five wrong for 29%. And seven games had the teams trending the same. So 
I, I was wondering about that one. Yeah, that's not good. That was not the way to go. I debated taking it off this week. I'll, I'll include it yet, but that was ugly. <laughs> if you just took the team with the higher seed in their region last week, you would have gone six and five with three games featuring teams with the same seed. Mm-hmm. As okay. you can have happen now that we are out of regional play. So 55%, not the best way either. You would, If you just went by our computer points, you would have got 10 right and four wrong for 71%. Not too shabby. Okay. Respectable. Our co-host, Rebecca, went 11 and three. Woo. Good job, Rebecca. You did as good <laughs> as Garen Stokes. How about that? Hey. <laughs> I think we picked a couple different too, so. Yes, I had to look that up. I just want to make sure you didn't pick the exact same all 14 games. I always feel bad picking the exact same every time. There were two games you disagreed on, and you guys split those two. So Nice. The old usual champion, the calpreps.com computer, went 12-2. and Does a good job, as always. Mm -hmm. Last week, we added all those intelligent internet people on (laughs) (laughs) yappy.net. They actually went 12-2. and Maybe there's hey. someone that knows what they're talking about. Or maybe they all picked whatever CalPreps picked. <laughs> I think it was more biased than CalPreps, but bias is there for a reason. So, And unbelievably, for the first time this year, <laughs> the best record this week was the person you tune in for, your host, 13 and 1, <laughs> baby. <laughs> wow. So I'm going to pick whoever you pick then, all right? There you go. Well, that's why we make you pick first, Coach. But... Oh, okay. <laughs> not always. We're not... Not, we don't stick to that too much. That's true. We're not very consistent, are we? Sometimes we just have opinions that we need to share. Yeah. <laughs> also, I have it on good authority that there's a good handful of people out there who turn in, tune into this podcast for me and not you. Ooh. I thought you were going to say they tune in for their gambling purposes. I'm, you know, it wouldn't be the worst source of material if you wanted to put money on a game. <laughs> we do not get into the point. Well, I guess maybe in a way we kind of do get to the point spreads. Hmm. You know a bookie? You can- I do not. Well, I uh, bet you I could find one up. easy enough. <laughs> I used to know a lot of football fans in the Youngstown area who had um, Italian sounding last names who I know had connections with that sort of thing. Um, <laughs> uh, are not really involved with that kind of stuff no well i always said if i ever got a speeding ticket in youngstown i knew some people that could take care of it for me but that was a... <laughs> <laughs> but that was many years ago they're probably all a lot older now much as i am so so before we start picking our seven games this week let's highlight three of the games from last week i came up with three scores of the week okay I would think they're all pretty remarkable. Actually, I didn't find any of the scores all that remarkable, but <laughs> okay. But maybe they're interesting. How about that? I'm going to start with what I thought was the tightest score from last week. Springfield beat Archbishop Moeller 22 to 21. So Springfield had lost in the last two state semifinals to other greater Catholic league teams. They lost to Elder in 2019 and St. Xavier last year. Springfield actually reached Moeller territory nine times in the game. They only got three touchdowns and a field goal out of it, but that last touchdown with 343 remaining was just enough to get them the win. It was an exciting game. I actually went to that game. 
it was a nail biter watching the game in terms of Springfield looked better than Muller. I thought they were definitely uh, more physical. They were faster. Uh, Muller couldn't get open and they Springfield ran all man coverage and they couldn't win a matchup all night. I don't think they passed for hardly anything. It, it was a, a good game. It was real interesting when, when Moeller scored in the fourth quarter and took the lead, I thought they were going to go for two because Springfield had missed an extra point the series before. And they were up by four points. So going up five really wasn't a big advantage in the fourth quarter with the way the game was going. So real interesting they didn't, but Springfield ended up making scoring and then winning by the one extra point there. They probably would have made the the field or the extra point, but kind of exciting game to watch. Yeah, I actually think in watching pro games, they do that two-point conversion way too often because yeah. late in the game there can be a field goal mm-hmm. that messes it up. But when you get to high school, you're not going to see that as much. If it's between four, if you're at a four-point lead, I think you might as well be going for it pretty much every time. So, Yeah, I, and I thought that because Springfield had actually missed – when they missed the extra point the series before, it's like, okay – this six points could be enough to, to, to make it a tie if they score again. But all righty, our second score of the week Newark Catholic 14, Warren JFK 7. I included this one because this was my one loss last week. Uh, <laughs> a shame. I was just following this one on Twitter. I never saw the video. Newark Catholic scored early. JFK, it looked like they kept kind of driving, then they would fumble or throw an interception or just kept stalling out. They finally got a touchdown in the mid-fourth quarter. Couldn't get the second one, though. And finally, the game that I found one of the most intriguing last week, and this is the one that I got right that put me ahead of everyone else in the standings. Carey, with what I think most people thought of as a mild upset, beat New Middletown Springfield 26-13. to they had snow on the field there. Apparently, they didn't have much snow removal equipment there. It looked like they were just kind of oh, no. shoveling the uh, every five <laughs> the yards yard on the yard lines. Yeah. Carries a big physical team, pounded the ball, three and four yards every play, dominated time of possession. I think they liked the snow, to be honest. Yeah. By the way, I believe the forecast is no snow this weekend. Good to know for the predictions. <laughs> yeah, that would have been a interesting game because the Springfield team is a team we played in 2019 in the state championship game. And, and last year, the Brungard kid, the, the quarterback for Springfield, New Middletown was, it kind of was the best player on the field against Coldwater in their state championship game. So that might've been a different ball game if the, the conditions were a little bit better. I didn't know it was snowing up North. Yep. And that Brungard kid did have an 80 yard touchdown run in the game. Did he? Yep. And I think there was another one for about 40 yards. I forget if he ran it or threw for it, but he still had some good plays, but maybe not as many as if he'd have had a nice dry field, huh? Yeah. All righty. Let's get to looking at some state championship games here. Let's do it. And as usual, we will start with division one and we will end up with a whole lot of Mac teams. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Division one. We have the one seed from their region, Lakewood St. Edward, 13 and 1 on the season, up against Springfield, who's also 13 and 1 and was the number two seed in their region. This is going to be the first of several matchups here between teams from Northeast Ohio and teams from Southwest Ohio. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lakewood St. Edward, 
9% more computer points, so a slight edge there. Cal Preps like St. Edward 28 to 14, so by two touchdowns. Cal Preps also says Springfield is trending slightly upward. Lakeward St. Edward, only neutral. As we saw, that meant pretty much nothing last week, right? Yeah, so huge, yeah. huge grain of salt right there. Yep. Both teams played eight and five St. Ignatius this year. St. Edward beat them 19 to 14 in week seven. Springfield beat them 24 to 20 in week one. Mm. Pretty much the same result. Mm-hmm. They also both played Archbishop Moeller this year. Uh, St. Ed's actually lost to Moeller 21 to 28 in overtime in week, in week nine. I consider a loss in overtime to basically be a tie when you're looking at things. Like uh, yeah, this. I'd say so. Yeah. Springfield won last week 22 to 21. So one by one point. Basically a tie. Yep. So if you use our favorite mathematical formula here, Rebecca, the transitive property of high school football, it predicts the teams will tie. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever gone back and checked? Like if any predictions based off that worked out? I have not because even though I like to quote it, we don't believe in it, right? Right. (laughs) Such things. High school football depends or any kind of football depends way too much on individual matchups and the strengths and weaknesses of teams to really go by. If one team beat another team by more than the third team did, that just doesn't really work. Mm -hmm. Finally, we have our internet users on yappy.net for some reason every other game has a whole topic devoted to it with a poll except the division one game i don't know if no one cares about the division one game or if it gets so rowdy that it keeps getting deleted i really don't know but there was another place where someone's running a pick contest saint edwards was picked 12 times springfield only six as of tuesday morning okay so there's our preview after all of that coach who do you like in that game i'm going with lakewood st edwards i think uh watching springfield last week i thought if you just had to play defense they would probably win the game but offensively i don't think they they run the ball well enough uh their quarterback's very very good football player and scrambles but they do a little bit of design run for him and he's their best uh he, he seems to get the most yards rushing too i think just a little bit not not quite enough offense for for Springfield. I grew up real close to there, so I kind of hate voting against them. But going with St. Ed's. Well, I looked at it. I decided to also pick St. Ed's, although I'm rooting for Springfield also, mainly because I think there's a shot I can get the Springfield coach on the podcast sometime if they win the state <laughs> championship. Here. There you go. I mean, well, always an ulterior motive. Sure, surely he has to remember me. I had to have been the oldest student teacher in the history of Trotwood Madison High School when he was there. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> oh, my as, goodness. As, as I've mentioned before on here a few times, he actually tried to get me to do the stats for Trotwood Madison. And then, like, a year later, Whit Parks talked me into doing it at Minster instead. So, Since Whit left, you want to come over and do him at Anna? I've been, kind of been roped into that job for life over here, I believe. Oh, okay. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> I'm also going to pick Lakewood. Mainly because I'm choosing to follow Calpreps and Yappy, I guess. <laughs> you guess. I don't know. Uh, I might rebel against them later on, but for now, I'll follow the computers. All right. 
So no great controversy there. We're all on the uh, Cleveland private school bandwagon, huh? <laughs> yeah, they do so well. It's hard to turn them down. Well, speaking of this, look at this. It's another one. In Division Two, we have 11-3 and three Archbishop Hoban. Usually when it starts with Archbishop, that kind of implies a private school. Yeah. Usually even Catholic. <laughs> they were the three seed in their region. They are going up against 12-3 and three Cincinnati Winton Woods, who was the seventh seed in their region. Hoban has 6% more computer points, and CalPreps likes Hoban to win 28-17. to 17. It also, CalPreps says they are both trending sharply upward as state championship game teams ought to be. They have no common opponents to check against each other. The people on Yappy say 49 of them like Hoban, 20 like Winton Woods. The Winton Woods people, however, reading on it, they are insistent that they are fantastic and that no one has a shot against them. So mm. <laughs> they are a very uh, passionate fan base this week. I'm guessing you have as much insight on this one as we do, Coach. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember watching these two teams several times at uh, state championship games or in big games. So I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Hoban for the win as well. Just looking at at some of their scores, and I know they've both been in the big game, but I think Hoban will, will prevail. Yep. Now I know I said I was going to follow the computer, but I think I'm already <laughs> rebelling. I'm going to stick with my Winton Woods. It's such a good park system. It's hard to say no. <laughs> it worked uh, out well for you last week, huh? It did. Cincinnati bias there? <laughs> a little bit. I mean, it's like right next door to my apartment. So yeah. <laughs> haven't been there yet, but I have been on the website and driven by it many times. So <laughs> maybe if they win, I'll take a hike around there. Okay. Even though I think Hoban is maybe not quite as dominant as they have been the last couple of years, that's not saying much. They've been really dominant the last couple of years. I'm also going with Hoban for another state championship. All right, heading down to Division Three, we have our Northeastern team. Seems to be a public school this time. Mm -hmm. Undefeated 15-0 Chardon. They were the top seed in their region. They are up against the top seed from the Southwest, 14-0. Hamilton Baden. So we have a battle of the undefeateds in Division Three. Chardon has 7% more computer points, and CalPreps likes Chardon by a touchdown, 24 to 17. CalPreps thinks Baden is trending sharply upward, and Chardon is only slightly upward. That might say more about how well the teams did at the start of the season than they're doing right now, actually. Mm -hmm. And what else do we have? Oh, yes. Now, the uh, yappy.net website does lean a little bit northeastern Ohio football in all phases anyway, just for your reference. But they like Chardon by a, 54 people picked those. Only 14 picked Hamilton-Baden. I'm going with the upset here. I'm going to go with Hamilton-Baden beating Chardon. I think they play a really good league down there in the GCL, the small GCL league. I've, I saw them play a couple games on film this year. I thought they looked pretty good. I'm going to stick. I'm going to go for a three-game sweep for Northeast Ohio of the big divisions. I'm going to take Chardon myself. I'm also going to take Chardon. I've hopped off my upset train and then back on the computer points one. 
All right. So it's a good thing we brought an actual state championship coach here so we could ignore his advice. (laughs) (laughs) I have not seen Chardon this year, so I could be completely wrong. (laughs) I'll probably listen to him in the later games when I agree. Okay. Moving down to Division Four. Oh, boy. This looks like a trend here. We have from the Northeast. 11-3, 11-3, and three, Youngstown, Ursuline. They were the three seed in their region. Up against from the Southwest, 13-1, and one, Clinton Massey, who was the fourth seed in their region. Heck of a region if you go 13-1, and one, and there were yeah. three teams ranked higher than you. Clinton Massey actually has 8% more computer points. And Cal Prep says this is the best game of the weekend. Favoring Clinton Massey by a point, 35 to 34. Cal Preps also says Clinton Massey is trending sharply upward. Ursuline only slightly upward. These teams have no common opponents. The internet posters went with Ursuline, 28 to 20. And just one thing I found out the last day or so that I didn't know before. Apparently, Ursuline's head coach was the guy who was back when they used to always be in the state finals with cold water back in the day. Oh, really? Coach? Apparently he went away and he has come back. Huh. And that's why they're better again. All right. Don't know if wherever he was, all their players hit the transfer portal and ended up at Ursuline, or if it's just a coaching talent thing. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. I think on that game, I'm going to go with Youngstown or Ursuline. I think uh, Clinton Massey just looking at scores. I mean, Clinton Massey's very good football team, and they're going to be a physical ground and pound type team. But I'm going to go back with Youngstown Ursland with their coach coming back, who I don't know his name. I don't remember his name either, but <laughs> we'll go with them winning. This one's pretty much a coin flip, I think. I am actually going to go with Clinton Massey. I'm tired of picking Northeastern teams. I always envision Ursland being a team of incredible speed, if it's the same as back in the old days. Clinton Massey sounds like they're more of a bullet up the middle type thing. Yep. But it's also late in the year. It's kind of cold out. Don't don't rule out the bullet up the middle type teams. I'm still sticking with Clinton Massey. I think I'm going to go Ursuline. No reason. Just Getting, be against me, right? Or to follow the wise advice of our guest coach picker. There you go. You may be learning. <laughs> Maybe. Or I'm just being contrarian. Would the coach happen to be Dan Reardon? Yes. There you go. That's the name. And it's good to see our chief researcher actually is going to do one piece of research this episode. Hey, hey. I mean, I can do more, but it'll mostly be fun facts about like where the towns are at and if there's a fun park nearby, because as we know, that is the most important feature. (laughs) Since we already talked about all these schools last week, that probably came up already. huh? Yeah, there might be some repeat fun facts. Now we're into the MAC divisions here, and we'll start with Division 5, undefeated 14-0 Kirtland, who's basically an honorary MAC team. I mean, we seem to see them often enough, and it's come state final time. They will be playing 14-1 Versailles, who was the five seed from their region. Kirtland rolled up the computer points this year. They actually have 42% more than Versailles. Now, Cal Preps always loves teams that win championships year after year. It likes Kirtland 27-17. 
Uh, it also says Kirtland is trending sharply upward for sales is only slightly upward. No common opponents again. Kirtland is actually three and three in state finals against MAC teams. They went one and one against Coldwater in 2011 and 2012. They lost their game against Minster in 2014. And they were two and one against Marion Local in 2015, 17, and 18. Our internet users, this was a popular game for people to pick. 78 people picked Kirtland, 33 picked Versailles. Oh my goodness. Now, we did have an interesting discussion on there about why Versailles is better this year than they've been in the recent past. Part of it's Mm -hmm. that they are loaded with seniors right now. Yes. Part of it might be with the brown sweet shop not putting out the fried rolls anymore that maybe the players are a little healthier than they used to be (laughs) harder to put on the pounds for the defensive line though yeah i mean that doesn't make me happy at all but you know it might might be working out for the football team Hmm. there was no consensus on whether that was a good thing or a bad thing by the way yeah i've never had them so Oh, <laughs> well, I would guess not. You would a little further away. Yep. And they're not as good as they used to be. When I was a young lad and my dad used to drive me there on Saturday mornings, you would get them in the, get a bag full of them. The oil from them would just work its way through the bag. It would just come on out. Now they use healthier stuff that doesn't do that. So I thought you were talking about the football team. At first. I thought you were no. too. <laughs> Not as good as they used to be. Huh? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm referring to the fried rolls. They're still pretty good, but not as good as they used to be. Someone decided they had to be healthier. Back to the football team, though. Have they made it to the finals recently? It has been a while. I could not even tell you how long, but it has been. Mm-hmm. This would be their first time since joining the MAC. Yeah. They were a fixture at the state championships for years, but it has back when Al Hetrick was coach. Yeah. I think Coach Jones is doing a really good job there. Um, I, I think they're a they're a physical football team. I thought when we played them, they were as physical as anybody we played all year. The the Tayo kid, the the big the big uh, tackle, and defensive lineman. I think he can hold the point against uh, a Kirtland team that wants to pound the ball probably up the middle. I'm assuming they're still running all their their heavy personnel and everything else. I think that really plays into Versailles' hands. And on the flip side of that, looking at looking at Kirtland's going to want to play a physical style ball defensively. And I think they're used to being from the Northeast playing against heavier running teams like Versailles. So I think you got strength versus strength here. I think you're going to see two really well-coached football teams go at it. Of, of all the games, I could see this being the closest game this weekend. And I'm going to take Versailles to knock off Kirtland to end their streak. I think they're on a uh, is it a 54-game winning streak? I believe they're now at 55. Well, 55 is where it ends. Versailles knocks off Kirtland this week. Well, that would make our friends at Delphus happy as they currently hold the record at 57 games. So they are yeah, counting way. on Versailles to do the job for them. Yeah, I, I have to agree with everything you said there. I also throw in I like the fact that Versailles is playing almost all seniors across the board. Mm-hmm. But I also think if you're going to see Versailles win this, you're going to have to see like 200 yards passing out of Carson Bay. And that's something we haven't seen this year, but they haven't really needed to. So 
Yeah. I I don't know. <laughs> I mean, he he can throw it well when he needs to. So it'll be it'll be interesting what what they pull out and and do in this this game. Obviously, they're going to stick with their strengths, but I wouldn't be surprised if they threw it a little bit more against Kirtland. Well, I shouldn't pick against our MAC people, but I am going to go of Kirtland here. Like I said, they're honorary MAC. I can get away with that. I think it's going to be a really good game either way. Yeah, I don't know on this one. And that is our final game on Saturday night. Ooh, last game on a Saturday. I think I'm going to go with Kirtland for the just pure experience in finals. They do have that. All Every player on that team's been there three times before. Mm-hmm. Well, I shouldn't say that. Every senior on that team's been there three there times go. before. And they've held their own against MAC teams in the past, so yeah, they're going to be. I don't the think worst. the MAC bias holds. No, it, I think this could be one of the more interesting ones for sure. Yeah, and it should be on right after that Cincinnati Houston American Conference Championship game. Oh boy! <laughs> Except I'm probably too cheap to buy the Ohio High School Athletic Association TV app to watch the game. I'll have to see. <laughs> yeah. Might just be listening to our good friends on WCSM. What do you think? Yeah. (laughs) Okay, moving down to Division 6. Again, one of my kind of favorite teams during the playoffs this year. 14-1 and Cary was the third seed in their region. And they are up against 13-2 and Coldwater, who was the fourth seed in in Region 24. Cary has 41% more computer points. CalPreps.com doesn't care. It prefers Coldwater 24 to 21 in a tight game. It also says both teams are trending sharply upward. They have no common opponents. And even historically, Cary has only played one MAC team in the playoffs. They lost to Delphi St. John's in 2008, 13 years ago. Long enough not to really matter. Yeah. I received this little bit of trivia from the Coldwater Athletic Director this week. He said, here in this century, so since 2000, it would have been possible for a team to have played 328 high school football games if they made it to the state championship every year. Of those 328 possible, Coldwater has played in 308 games. So they've missed out on 20 possible games in 21 years or whatever it is. Oh my goodness. Their record in those games is 267 and 40. <laughs> with an average of 11.1 wins per season during this century. Our people on the internet at yappy.net, 48 of them like cold water, 18 like carry. I think the people on Yappy were correct. Coldwater is going to win this game. I think a big stage for, for carry to step onto. And I think, uh, Coldwater's got all the experience. They got a, a, a nice senior class, good stable of athletes. Uh, they can they can run it. They can throw it. Um, I, I think they've been playing their best football from what I've seen the last few weeks. I'm going with Coldwater for the win. Max making it two and zero with the first two picks. Yeah, I would I would agree. I was a little concerned when I saw that Coldwater Delta St. John's game late in the season. And then that Coldwater Delphus Jefferson game, which was awfully close, surprised me quite a bit too. Mm-hmm. But since then, the uh, Cavaliers have been on a roll. And I, I'm picking Coldwater. I think there's a good chance Carey is actually going to win the line of scrimmage here. We shall see. But 
If they do, I'm expecting Coldwater to run around the line and pass over it instead. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so I'm expecting a lot of points. I think there's a chance Kerry might be able to just pound the ball on him and down the field and score, and Coldwater might just run around them. I can very much see that happening. Yeah, I mean, I'm picking Coldwater. <laughs> yeah, I think looking at the game, Coldwater played some physical teams in the playoffs and held their own up the middle pretty well, uh, including – uh, the Marion local game was that I, I thought they played a pretty physical football game there too. And, and held it, held their own and, and they got healthy too. I know talking to the coach, uh, coach, he was talking about their guys getting back and they had a couple seniors out and so forth. So I think they got pretty healthy as the playoffs went on. And uh, I think that's been a big, big part of them coming on late. Now, I believe as we're heading to division seven, I believe if I recall, right, we can say something similar about Marion local. As good as they've been all year, they had a lot of guys out mid-season. Yeah, they did have some guys in and out. And I think they have a few out still, but I think they have some of them back. So as we, as I just hinted at here in Division 7, we have undefeated 15-0 Marion Local playing 14-1 Newark Catholic. Both teams were the top-seeded team in their region. Marion Local was the king of computer points this year. They have 25% more than Newark Catholic. Cal Preps says this is the biggest favorite of the weekend. It likes Marion Local by 17 points, 31 to 14. Interestingly, it doesn't think either one is trending upward at all. It has them both rated neutral. <laughs> so they must have been really good all year long. They're not getting better. They've just always been good. We actually have a common opponent here. Marion Local beat 5-7 and seven Fort Laramie 42-6 to six in Week 12. Newark Catholic played Fort Laramie in the regular season back in week four and snuck by by one point, 41 to 40. Mm. So again, using our transitive property of high school football, that says Marion local by 35 points. I it'd, mean, be, it'd be nice yeah. if there was more than one game to go by when you say that, but more data <laughs> points are always helpful. Yeah. I think yeah. Uh, looking at that game, I think Marion Local will be too physical for Newark Catholic. Good good traditional uh, matchup here, though. I mean, it goes back uh, to the J.D. Graham days back at Newark Catholic. You might be old enough to – the host might be old enough to remember that name. Um, I do indeed. <laughs> uh, I actually have a, a friend of mine that, that is good friends with him. So, But I think Marion Local will be too physical, and I think Newark Catholic just is going to – this could be the one maybe with the running clock. We'll see. Speaking of J.D. Graham, I think he was coach back in the day when uh, Newark Catholic ran into St. Henry in the playoffs and beat him in 1986, but then lost to St. Henry in 1990 and 1992. Newark Catholic has also played Marion Local twice, lost to them in both 2003 and 2012. So it's been a while since we've seen Newark Catholic reaching deep enough in the playoffs to run into a Mac team. I've seen enough of Marion local. I have no doubt who I'm picking here. I'm going with the flyers. Agreed. And again, that, that's the biggest favorite of the weekend. That'll be the, what time do they start those games coach? Is that like 11 o'clock or. Oh, I thought it was 10, 10 o'clock now. Wow. I think it used to be, I might be wrong. I don't know. We'll be up there and get out of bed early and get over there. I think it might have been 11 back when they switched stadiums between Maslin and Canton. Yeah. So that if a game overlapped, they could handle it. Now that they're all in the same stadium, 
They probably had to start a little earlier. Yeah, I bet, I bet that's the reason. I would. Well, I'm sure Marion Local is used to it. They always seem to put Division 7 early, but the idea of a 10 a.m. <laughs> playoff game does not appeal to me at all. <laughs> I actually, when we played in 19, we played it at 10 a.m., and I enjoyed it. Oh, yeah? Kind of nice to get over there, and you didn't have to sit around all day and think about it. It was—it's kind of like a college game. You get up and you go, and um, I, I thought it was kind of a fun, fun way to do it. And you, you get a ride home, and you, we got home, and it was a, a big celebration. We got back, so I think there's going to be three big celebrations for the MAC this weekend. I, I know you guys were trying to pick the games right, but uh, I don't think that <laughs> Kirtland game. I think Kirtland just hasn't played the schedule, even though they play MAC schools every other year. It seems like. They haven't played the overall schedule, the MAC on that game. Yeah, their their regular season schedule is not exactly loaded with powerhouses. Yeah, has never seemed to bother them much as they run through the playoffs. But yeah, I mean that's a valid point too. All right, so this is our last officially scheduled podcast of the year, Rebecca. Okay. We'll uh, probably come back as we have in the past whenever there's news on the high school football front. If we hear of any new uh, teams moving divisions, that should happen this year, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, we got the re- realignment. Realignment. So when that happens, we'll try to get a podcast on the air, and we might just work it in with uh, see if we can't grab a couple of state championship coaches if we have any around. We would have possibilities here from Marion Local, Coldwater, Versailles, and Springfield, I guess. So, yeah. Hopefully we can have a couple of coaches recapping their state championship seasons and we'll work in some news of the coming year. I hope you've all enjoyed our last 15 straight weeks or so of podcast here. Hope you stick around as we get through the off season. Thanks a lot for being on with us, coach. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you for having me. It's a blast. Yeah. We always try to have some fun here. And it seems funny whenever you ask a football coach, if he wants to talk football, the answer usually seems to be yes. They don't really say no ever, do they? I just told my wife uh, I, I have to get on and talk a little more football tonight. She was excited about that. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> what have you been bothering her at home since you've been knocked out of the playoffs? Yeah, these last couple of weeks, I I feel like I've been hibernating here. You know, not much to do, and uh, you know it's kind of a a sad time of the year after football season's over. So lay around and hang out with the kids a little bit. That reminds me, one last question I was going to ask you earlier and forgot. I've often been told that one of the best things that can happen for a football coach is if you can have practice on Thanksgiving morning. Yes. And then come back and celebrate at home while someone else did all the work of preparing all the food because you were busy (laughs) at football practice. (laughs) Definitely a fun thing to do. Um, Typically, I don't do much of the food preparations for Thanksgiving either way. But no, that's a great day to practice football. If you can, if you can get there, it's a blast. I know we did that, and we had the uh, the alumni came back, and they have an alumni Thanksgiving Day football game anyway. So they were all out there on the field afterwards to play a football game too, which was pretty cool. That sounds like fun. Rebecca and I had our own fun. We had a gathering where we had more pies than people for Thanksgiving. Wow. 15 pies 12 people did you eat them all no no i still have a full pie in my refrigerator (laughs) really i just finished off the apple pie for breakfast this morning so i finished off the rhubarb and peach that i brought home but the pumpkin's going a bit slower yeah the the chocolate pie i took care of earlier in the week that was a nighttime snack pie (laughs) yeah 
<laughs> which may be why I've already done my normal five pounds of weight gain in November again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think I've done that since football season myself. All right. We've drugged this on long enough. <laughs> if you have any questions for us, any comments on what you would like to hear during the off season, where can they send those Rebecca? You can send those to bdmonin at nktelco.net or send them to us on Twitter at Bruce Monin. So tune in during the off-season for our future episodes here of Bruce Monin's Computer Points. So long, everyone. We stumbled to the end, but got a, we, we stuck the landing, I think. There we go.